Fueled, episode number 46, Nothing is Impossible with an Olympian, Kyle Merber. Welcome to Fueled, the podcast for teens that aspire for greatness. My name is Easton Allred, and I'm a successful entrepreneur, athlete, college student, and personal development guru. Each week, I interview successful and inspiring individuals that will teach you the secrets of setting goals and developing life-changing habits that will fuel you to greatness. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get fueled. Hello, Fuel listeners, and welcome to episode number 46 of Fuel. This is your podcast host, Easton Arden. As usual, it is a pleasure to be on the podcast with you guys today. Now, really, really exciting guest on the podcast, and that is Kyle Merber. Now, this guy has the American collegiate record for the 1500 meter. He's been to the Olympics, and he ran the 1500 meter race in three minutes and 35 seconds. And the 1500 meter race is just a little bit less than a mile. So those of you guys listening who are not runners, that time is absolutely insane. It's unheard of. And um, this guy's killing it, doing some awesome stuff, really, really inspiring interview. And even though he talks a lot about running in this interview, I think everything he talks about is relatable to the real world. So thank you guys all for getting on the podcast. Kyle, so great to have you on. Could you tell my audience a little bit about you and what you're doing right now? Yeah, first off, excited to be here. Happy that we're able to connect and you know finally do this thing. Um, but my name is Kyle Merber. I run for the shoe company Hoka One One. Um, originally from Long Island, New York, and uh, I still live in New York. And I uh, I run the mile primarily, uh, the fifteen hundred, and occasionally a little higher, sometimes a little bit lower. Uh, Twenty six years old and have been running professionally for about four years now. Uh, went to Columbia University for college, and yeah, I'd like to think I'm living the dream. I love it. The mile is killer. What kind of miles are you running right now? Um, so my mile best uh, is three minutes and fifty four seconds. Oh, three fifty four. That that is absolutely insane. Yeah. Congrats so, on that. When did that happen? Um, so I ran three fifty four a couple years ago, in, I think two thousand. 14 and then i ran it again this past year but a decimal place quicker wow yeah Dang. so there's a whole lot less people that can run sub four than have climbed everest so that's that's very impressive <laughs> maybe maybe one day i'll get there so yeah. what do you think I, is- I haven't tried everest yet but uh <laughs> are you thinking you want to one day no, I, I've seen uh, Nick Simmons, who's an elite athlete, has said that he's training wow. for it, um, and uh, all the power to him, but definitely not for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't think Everest would be something that I would ever want to do, but um, the next question I have for you is, what is one event that from your childhood has shaped who you are today? Yeah, so I guess um, a question that, as a runner, we get all the time is kind of like, why did you mm-hmm. start running? Definitely. Like, oh, yeah, you- I get it all the time. Yeah, it's like there's so many other sports out there that I feel like, you know, you play Little League or you play soccer when you're younger, but it's kind of, it's not necessarily traditional to be a runner. And so the way that I got into it was in 1996, um, after the Atlanta Olympics, Derek Atkins had just won the gold medal in the hurdles and he came back to his old elementary school, which happened to be my elementary school. And he brought the gold medal and gave a speech and I was sitting in the audience. And then afterwards, um, I had won the student of the month for my class. So I got the opportunity to go up and meet him, shake his hand, get an autograph. And I immediately was like, man, track sounds incredible. 
I'm definitely like going to have to sign up. And I told my mom and fell in love. No way. That's, that's pretty sweet. I think the same thing kind of happened for me when I decided I want to, wanted to start running. It was kind of Louis Zamperini who kind of started me on that path. Yeah. Did you read the book or did I you... did? Yeah. I, I read the book like three times before the movie came out. So, Oh wow. Okay. So you were all in. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with Louis Zamperini, but, um, so how do you stay motivated to train? I mean, running is very difficult because you're constantly pushing yourself to go harder. And it's a lot of pain. What motivates you to keep going? Yeah. Um, you know, so I run about 90 miles a week and mm-hmm. it's funny cause I think like such a big thing that a lot of people necessarily realize is not every single miles all out, you know, a lot. Yeah. Of it oh yeah. Deep, so it's a, it's motivationally, it's not necessarily every single day. Cause you obviously have your easy days. Some days mm-hmm. it's just, you go out and you run 12 miles and it's a beautiful day out and you're doing it with training partners. It's, those are the easiest days in the world. Cause it's just fun. It's something that you want to do. Um, but it's the, those tough workouts at the end that you know you really got to think deep down about what it is you're trying to accomplish and I think knowing kind of having a general idea of the path and an idea of which the what the different steps are in order to get where you want to go is important Mm -hmm. and you know like if I want to be running 353 for the mile then I have to do this so I can get there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's interesting because some people's bodies physically can't go past four minutes. I mean, like I know Louis Zamperini, no one thought that when he was running that it was possible to break four. And then um, I have a brother-in-law that ran in college and he had just this buddy that was always trying to break four, but never could do it. Ran four flat, I think eight times in his career, but never oh, got wow. below. And so well, that's the thing is it's, it's uh, also, as much as it is maybe a physical barrier, it's also a mental barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, the story goes that, you know, once Roger Bannister broke four minutes for the mile, shortly thereafter, more and more started doing it. And I mm-hmm. remember when I was in college, my sophomore year of college, I ran three minutes and 58 seconds. And I was, I think, the fifth seed to get into NCAAs that year. Wow. And now 358 wouldn't necessarily get you into NCAAs at all <laughs> because it's become established that, you know, college runners can break four minutes in the mile. And now you're even seeing it in high school where high school kids know it's possible to break four. It's, it's just very interesting that once that belief and, and once one person does it, it's all of a sudden it's possible. And it's just really cool to see that breakthrough. But I don't know about you, Kyle, but before big races, I've always – I'm always like wanting to puke. I feel super nervous. What pre-race rituals do you have that keep you from feeling super nervous? Yeah. So I always think back to, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to run there yourself, but you've probably watched the pen relays. And when I was in college, um, it was before the DMR on, I think it was Friday and I was a nervous wreck. It's um, having run at an Ivy league school, you know, wanting to do well at the pen relays is kind of, that's, it's like a, something that's completely circled on our calendar and is a really big deal for us. And before the race, I, I threw up like actually, and I remember mm. in the last 400 meters having absolutely no energy and getting stomped because I felt like I, you know, I'd burned off all my adrenaline before the race had even begun. And I'd, you know, literally left my energy in the trash can. And the next day I was able to come back out and I said, you know what, like, that's not how I want to approach the sport. Like, I don't get the most out of myself. And I don't even think it's fun when I put that much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I was able to come out, I ended up coming in second um, for the team rather than actually winning, but it was a much, much better performance ended up <laughs> splitting under four minutes for the mile. And I just enjoyed the whole process so much more. 
Mm-hmm. So what was it that really helped? I mean, did you meditate? Did you write down what you wanted to do? What kind of made the difference for you and helped you to be less nervous? I think it was kind of just the recognition that day in and day out at practice, I'm able to get the most out of myself. Yeah. While not mm-hmm. necessarily needing to like blast heavy metal music and getting myself Definitely. pumped up by just like being, being in my normal routine, being relaxed and having fun with my teammates. I can do really cool, special things in practice and it, I can replicate that in a race as well with the same routine. And so it was kind of a, just a conscious decision saying like, look, like getting this hyped up does not work. Yeah. Let's try the opposite approach and see how that goes. Definitely. Yeah, I could totally relate to that. What do you think has been your biggest failure running? So back in college, my senior year, you know, this is when I was saying with the pen relays, I was still struggling with putting a little bit too much pressure on myself during races and not. And uh, I had ended up running three minutes and 35 seconds for 1500 meters, which is, was the, is still the American collegiate record. Wow. And a few weeks later, I went to nationals as a favorite and I ended up not even making it out of the first round. Um, And, you know, in many ways, obviously that's a failure, but I think that completely, that was like the final stamp on changing my mindset pre-race. And so I think a lot of good actually came from that. For sure. That's got, that's got to be extremely difficult as the favorite and then not even getting past the first round. That's crazy. (laughs) And you know, it's one of those things where as soon as it happens, you think it's the end of the world. Mm. And now looking back, you know, five years later, you can kind of just laugh about it because it helped me to be the runner that I am now. Mm. No, but like, I, you know, I I feel like as a high school runner, you know, and a lot of your listeners can probably really relate to it is because your careers right now are so short and you're, you're really just beginning in what is hopefully a very long journey. Every single race seems like it's such a big deal. Mm. Every state meet, every regional race, whatever it is, because it's your, it's one of the first times that you've ever done everything. And when, so right now it feels like a really big deal, but 10 years from now, it'll just have been another race. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love asking that question because I think even people who have as much success as you always have to go through multiple failures. And even I think the more successful you are, the more, more failures you had to go through to get there. So as a runner, what do you think makes you different? There are so many runners who want to be where you are at today. What, what, separates you from all those other athletes i think that i have the ability to kind of just understand that it's a long process yeah that um it's not going to happen overnight that small steps will add up and the thing that i always say that my coach in high school actually always said and then i still resonates with me so strongly is that if you just worry about yourself and if your times keep dropping eventually the field will narrow yeah Mm mm-hmm and definitely, I think that's patience and persistence is huge. So who do you think has been the biggest mentor for you in high school and how has that changed now? Man, I'd say like for me in high school, the guys that I looked up to most were the guys who were the best in high school at the time. Mm-hmm. So the guys that were beating me, I was looking to not only just not necessarily looking up to, but as a source of motivation and seeing like, man, like German Fernandez is running four minutes for the mile. Like... I'm only at 411, but like if he can do it, I think I can do it too. So it's kind of like being challenged by your peers and not, again, like they're not role models, but they're um, mentors in that they were breaking ground and 
as we were discussing earlier, it shows me that I was also capable of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good example of how much potential we all have and that really nothing is impossible. And I think it's a great example as well of how powerful the belief system is. I mean, if we believe that something is possible, if we believe that we can do something, even if it's never been done before, the chances of getting there are boosted so much. And um, Kyle, the next question I have for you is, what do you think has been the greatest misconception that people have about you? About me? You know, I think sometimes because I'm now of the mindset that it's okay to have fun and be relaxed and yeah. to enjoy the entire process, I think sometimes that maybe that people take that to mean that I don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, oh, if, if you're joking around before a race, then, you know, how bad does he actually want it? And I think in many ways, it's kind of like a defense mechanism, like I'm having fun and such on purpose, because I know it's so important to me, and that I need to get the most out of myself. And I do that by having fun. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that maybe be a worry, especially with like Twitter and Instagram and social media and stuff like I always am joking around making light of every situation, but that doesn't mean it's any less important. Yeah, definitely. And that's, and that's funny that you should say that actually, because I can be very, very relatable to that. I think every, a lot of people listen to that crazy music and try to get pumped before basketball games. It's not for races. everyone. It does not work for me. I do the same thing. I mean, my my pre-race routine is very different from my basketball routine, but for basketball, I just try to do the exact same thing. I, I kind of mess with the kids around me. I try not to take it too seriously because I play much better when I'm very calm or when I'm messing around, taking things lighter. So I totally understand that. And um, today's February 1st, got the first month of the year out, and um, a long year ahead of us. What are you excited about in the new year? Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, I guess we're, we can still talk about resolutions and such, but mm-hmm. I mean, one of my big goals for the year is just to stay healthy. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of athletes struggle with is that balance between working hard enough that you're improving and kind of pushing the line a little bit too much. And so I struggled a lot with that for a number of times in my career, but I'm starting to figure it out. And so just, I want to run as much as possible without breaking. And, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, last year I went large chunks of time without racing. And I think I just want to race a little bit more regularly this year. It's fun. It's why we do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I do better when I'm racing a lot. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't have enough experience in racing to say what I'm better at, but uh, I can out. I can definitely see that. Yeah. And then um, what do you think maybe outside of running has have been the biggest two lessons that you have learned from your running career? Ooh. Um, so definitely one thing that I think running teaches us that is super applicable to the rest of life but also makes running so special is that we kind of have such an obvious input output so if i work really hard then i get fast times as a result and i feel like a lot of things in life it's not as direct of a correlation or it's not as obvious Mm -hmm. but running is a good way to let you kind of because it is so obvious it teaches you that routine and that discipline that doing all the little things really do add up yeah. Um, and it's addicting, you know, if you, if you work really hard and you know, you've been trying to break five minutes for the mile and you finally do, then you think, Oh man, if I work even harder, I could break four fifty for the mile. Mm-hmm. And then you do that and it just kind of builds on itself and it's a whirlwind and it's, 
you're you kind of have to break up long-term goals into little chunks and that's kind of what running teaches you to do hard work can go a very long way and kyle how would you define success i'd say my definition is when i'm done whether it's with a single race or my career that i just want to be able to look back and know that everything that i gave it was for a reason and then i got the most out of myself and if I can do that, then I look back and I'll be satisfied. What would yours be? Would it something similar or? Man, a good question. I mean, I've never had that turned back around at me, but I think my definition of success would probably just be knowing that I'm setting and achieving all of my goals and that I'm happy doing. So I don't want to be achieving goals and then not be happy after that. I think the ultimate definition is happiness, but it's yeah. just how you get there that's important. Yeah, I think a lot of people you know, they work so hard and they have something on their mind for so long and then they finally do it, Mm -hmm. but that they don't even necessarily appreciate it when they finally do it. Um, because it's expectation and you, you know, you still have to, when you're up at the top of the mountain, look around and enjoy the view. Definitely. And I think, I think a big part of that is just always enjoying the journey. I mean, no matter where I go in running, no matter where I go in basketball, no no matter where I want to go or where I go with this podcast, I think the journey is more important than anything because if your definition of success is the result or the end goal, then you're never going to be successful because there will always be another goal to push for. So I think it's just the journey to is yeah. has to be enjoyable in order for you to be successful. It's definitely a balance because mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're only focused on having fun in the journey, then maybe you're not um, – looking far enough down the road that true understand. very true yeah so it's, a, it's a balance uh yeah uh-huh. look ahead, i agree with that look around for sure so i uh, what are i think habits are very very important the habits that we have shape who we become and who we are what mm-hmm. habits do you have that have helped you be more successful yeah um from a running perspective i think uh maybe rope stretching before every single run like having a good stretching routine mm-hmm. um it just kind of helps you it's it defines your like professionalism a little bit um the these little habits of like when i finish a run i do my drills and i do my strides and i uh i take my protein shake and i go to bed and i get nine hours of sleep every night it's kind of like living like a clock Mm -hmm. um doing the same thing day in day out really adds up and your body kind of learns and knows what to expect and therefore can kind of get the most out of it because its expectations are being met. Definitely. So what do you think is the number one tool to being more successful? For me, it's kind of just keeping things light and having fun because I'm willing to work way harder when it's fun. Uh, You know, I don't really think of my profession as a job. I don't really think I'm working. And sometimes I don't even realize how much work I'm doing because I'm enjoying each step of it. Mm -hmm. And that can definitely be another definition of success is just loving what you do and not seeing it as work. So that's, that's fantastic and good for you. I'd imagine like, you know, with your podcast, it's not a chore. It's not like, oh man, got to go interview another. I love it. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) No, it's something that you look forward to every single day. Oh, absolutely. You're willing to put way more in because, you know, it's something that you're passionate about and that you're kind of in control of as well. Mm -hmm. Following your passions makes all the difference in the world. How have you overcome adversity in your life? I think uh, the injuries in running, it's like the definition of adversity, sitting on the sidelines and having to see other people achieve the things that you wanted to achieve. Um, That's, it really challenges you as an athlete and 
you kind of realize how important it is to you and Mm -hmm. it forces you to redefine like a new way of getting there, a new approach. And mentally it's just, you can either really just cave in and say, you know, it, it didn't happen. It wasn't meant to be, or you can say, all right, I need to change things up and I need to do things differently because I still want that. And I now realize just how badly I want it. So unfortunately this interview is coming to a close, but do you have any last parting words of advice for fueled listeners? My advice would be at this point in your life, just try everything, try different clubs and just try and find your niche. Don't do necessarily just what your parents are telling you to do. Find, explore, and because uh, you got a lot of time to figure it out. You know, take that acting class that sounds so silly that none of your friends want to do, or you know, go out for the ping pong team. I don't know, but just try things, and you'll fall in love with something, and you'll do your best because of it. I love, and I think that's one of my favorite answers I've actually ever heard to that question. Do things differently. Find your passions, and do what you love. Thank you so much, Kyle, for getting on the podcast. Absolutely loved learning from you. And fuel listeners, thank you all for tuning in to episode number 46 of Fueled. Leave a review, subscribe, and I'll see you all in future episodes.